0: The Flywheel, an Amazon podcast by Sellings.
1: Welcome to The Flywheel, an Amazon podcast hosted by two Amazon strategic account managers, PPC experts, and automation geeks.
0: Whether you're a seller, an Amazon agency, or a vendor, we have seen it all, and we're here to talk, discuss, and share. My name is Tommaso.
1: My name is Courtney, and welcome to Flywheel. All
0: right, Courtney, episode, what is it, seven? We seven. are we're getting old.
1: Pretty official. I think seven I know. is... Means we have a podcast.
0: We definitely do. I I mean, at this point, like my mom texts me, you know, when the podcast is out, I was like, hey, I'm listening in the morning, you know, when my dad drives to work, he's listening to me. So shout out, mom, dad. Ciao. Shout Um, out to
1: to Monsa's mom and dad. Love to have you. Love to (laughs) hear from you.
0: But other than my mom and dad, also today we're talking about something pretty exciting that we did mention on the last episode, right? Keyword harvesting.
1: Yeah, keyword harvesting.
0: I don't even know where to start. To be honest,
1: <laughs> yeah, I think uh, that that topic is like you put it down on a paper, and then suddenly you realize that there is a lot behind this idea of what keyword harvesting is. There's a lot of definitions. There's a lot of uh, concepts, philosophical concepts, PPC background concepts. There's a lot.
0: There is a lot, and so because it is so complicated, we thought about starting with kind of two stories, right? That kind of talk about uh, what keyword harvesting is. Maybe it'll give you a bit of a better insight. Uh, Courtney, do you want me to start? Yeah, you start. Okay, sounds good. So let's go to one of my clients, okay? I can't say the name, but basically their product, they work in the space of indoor growing technology for plants. Right, and they've been a brand that's been around for a while, and they've always sold their plant, their technology on Amazon as technology to grow in their plants. Um, they've been doing this for a couple of years, and they've been doing well. But and they've always used manual campaigns. So manual campaigns is a campaign where you input the keyword that you're going to be searching, uh, and then depending on if it's a broad or phrase or exact, is uh, gonna take some freedom to kind of change the keywords or go very literally right on the keywords that you input it. But we'll talk a little bit more about, about that later. But bottom line, after two years of going on Amazon with their manual campaigns, they turn on an auto campaign. And an auto campaign is a campaign that just says, hey, Amazon, just you tell me what keywords I should be bidding against to sell my product. And as a surprise to the brand, uh, all, m- most of the keywords that the auto campaigns pulled in contain search terms like cannabis, weed, marijuana, because this this product that was indoor growing technology was actually being bought on Amazon by probably kind of a different uh, customer group. And there were actually customers that were looking to uh, start their indoor growing <laughs> little habits of, of weed. So... This way, thanks to an auto campaign, uh, this brand found out that there was all this other family of search terms that were going to bring business in, bring sales in that we're not utilizing. And with keyword harvesting, which is kind of the idea, and I'll talk more about it later, but the idea of, you know, automatically harvesting or getting new keywords to bid on, uh, this was essential to them because an auto campaign showed them, hey, you thought you knew your keywords and your keyword list, but you were actually missing out on a lot of business.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I have a similar story, uh, less controversial, I think, in terms of what kind of products they were. But this idea that your keywords are how your how your potential customers find you. So you might have an idea of what your product is about, how people are looking for you, how you would look for something similar. We all have this inherent bias on how we search on Amazon, on Google. And I think human nature is that how we do things is how everyone does things. But we know that's not the case because of stories like these. So I worked with a client that was in a, in the field of like electrolytes. uh, Mm -hmm. So electrolyte mix. So think, um, think Pedialyte, think that kind of thing. And it was developed by a doctor that was going uh, in other countries and was helping with malnourished children and making sure that people were, were hydrated. And so because that was kind of the ethos of how the company was founded, they very much had this very serious, Uh, idea about what they were doing. It was about dehydration, it was about health. And so when they came to me, and they were on Amazon, it was, it was very clear what their what their goals were in terms of that. But quickly, I realized that when people are searching on Amazon, yes, people are going to be searching possibly for electrolyte mixes because they're in the construction field and it's very hot in the summer, but there's other ways to segment your traffic. And we realized quickly after looking at the data that there was also this whole other area of like hangover cures and dehydration that way for adults yeah. uh, thinking of pediolite. So there's a lot of people looking for pediolite that were adults that were looking for hangover cures. And so even though this was kind of like part of their, their marketing was to go after uh you know, health-related dehydration, there was also this whole opportunity over here to go after people that were using it for uh, overindulgence, as we called it. And that really opened up a whole new set of impressions for them, a whole new market, really. And it didn't change anything that they had to do on their end. It was just by making sure that those keywords were in my campaigns that we were able to show the product to new people that wouldn't have searched for it otherwise. So this is kind of a great story of like why you'd ever want to look at keyword harvesting and how you can actually use that to bring back relevant traffic that you might not have realized was relevant into your campaigns.
0: That's, a, that's an awesome story. And our stories are very similar in, in a way, right? We have both brands that had very clear ideas on what they were selling, who their customer was, and then they found out that there was this this entire new niche that could have brought in a lot of volume uh, that was untapped because they were looking at their at how their product were searched uh, in a very unilateral way. So when we talk about keyword harvesting, um, it's important to give this a definition. What is keyword harvesting? Because one of the things that uh, our stories have in common is this, uh, this idea that uh, you, if you look at your brand and your how your product is searched too unilaterally, you're gonna be missing out on something. So, what keyword harvesting does is uh, a way to basically ensure that you're always updating your keyword list. Uh, so, let's say that you have ten keywords, you will always and. Keyword harvesting relies on the base of an auto campaign that will bring in new search terms that you may have not thought about yet that are not yet in your manual campaigns. And then what is successful is going to be fed in your manual campaigns because those are new search terms. And so as you go along, as you keep advertising, not only your keyword list is going to grow, but it's also going to get updated with more efficient and optimized search terms that are going to improve your ACOS, your profitability, and hopefully grow your sales.
1: Uh, Tommaso I think you I wasn't sure how you were going to define keyword harvesting, but I really think you nailed it. you really simplified it. Uh, yeah, it's this idea that there are, are targets there are keywords. Amazon calls them targets because they also you can also choose to target products but uh, keywords is traditionally what we think of. and then there's the variations of those keywords which equals search terms. And we can't talk about keyword harvesting without talking about auto versus manual. So, Tommaso, you mentioned we can harvest from an auto campaign. That's where Amazon goes out and finds relevant keywords. For listeners, that's literally your product detail page. So Amazon's grabbing that information using their own algorithm, mostly from your product detail page. So that's why content really matters. And then they're saying, they're kind of gambling and they're saying, this seems like a relevant search based on what this client or what this customer searched into Amazon. Here's a product. Hope, hope you like it. And if you click on it, if you have interaction with it, then that feeds Amazon's algorithm, right? So you have your autos and your manuals. And the one thing I do want to clarify is that you can harvest actually from broad as well, because that same idea happens where you have your keyword and then you have your variations, which are the search terms. So one keyword can actually result in many, many different search terms based on how match types work. So I like, this is kind of a fun game if you're a PPC nerd, where I will find the one broad keyword and then I will go to the search term page and I will see that that one keyword resulted in 75 different variations of how a human, a human brain other than yours, found your product on Amazon. And that to me is just so fascinating that we search so differently from one another that were such unique snowflakes when it comes to, uh, to how we type things into that little search bar. So uh, the things to take away here is that you have your auto campaign, Amazon's picking those, those keywords. That's a great place to start when you're harvesting, you're looking over all those search terms that resulted from your auto campaign. And then uh, you also have your manual campaign. So you have your manual broad, your manual phrase, and your manual exact. And based on which search term or which match type you pick, that'll determine how many variations of search terms come from that.
0: Right. And because there are so many different ways of doing keyword harvesting, right? There is, uh, you know, there is, I've, I've basically seen clients that want to do keyword harvesting doing so many different ways. Usually what Celix recommends is having an auto campaign an exact campaign and, uh, Sorry, uh, an auto, a broad, and an exact campaign. But I've seen it done with auto and just broad. I've seen it done with auto and just phrase, auto and exact. I've seen it, in rare cases, being done with broad and exact, skipping on the auto. I think that's a bit of a, you know,
1: advanced, I would call it, but
0: Advanced, but like as a, kind of as a, yeah, as a base, just keep in mind that keyword harvesting should have, by definition, an auto campaign at the base, and then some other manual campaigns. You can decide whether you want a three-step process, so auto, broad, exact, or auto, phrase, exact, or a two-step process, auto, broad, auto, phrase, auto, exact.
1: Yeah, and I think literally it's customizable. You can do anything you want just do it thoughtfully the reason why you might want to have less rather than more is because each of those campaigns are going to have budgets right you're going to have spend against it uh each of those will perform a little differently you have to manage now way more campaigns if you choose to have more so it's really kind of up to you on how you want to how you decide to to, right uh strategize this uh I will say personally, um, I like to do phrase is my favorite match type. Um, so I always use phrase in my harvesting. Uh, but that's just to say you can do whatever you want. And I also wanted to clarify that we're talking about one aspect, which is you can do this uh through automation. So you can have a computer essentially determine whether or not that keyword or that search term, I should say, is moved over based on whatever criteria you have. Right. But if we think back to like what it looked like before we had automation, it was a very human thing to do. So somebody, a PPC expert, a campaign manager, would maybe once a month, maybe every other week would download a search term report and they would look through that search term report to find any of those relevant search terms that they were missing and then they would grab those and put those into the relevant campaigns. It's really, it sounds tedious, it's actually not. It's kind of um, a fun activity. It takes about 30 minutes once you kind of know what you're looking for and it can give you a lot of insight into your business, into how people are searching for you, into the human psychology.
0: You are the first person i have ever hear that describes manual keyword harvesting as a fun activity. Everybody I talk to says it takes hours, it's a waste of my time, I have to do it every week. And that's why you know there's kind of two teams, who does it manually and who does it with automation. And there are, tools out there uh, like Celix that do keyword harvesting in an automated way for you. Uh, and again, I, for example, when you look at Celix the way you, you set up keyword harvesting automation is that it's really up to you, like you can set it up with any possible structure because there are, there is not one way uh, to do keyword harvesting. Um, but in terms of, you know, since we are talking about all these different kinds of keyword harvesting, Courtney, let's jump into when you should think, consider of starting to do uh, keyword harvesting, right?
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that Tomaso and I were talking about was that because it, you hear it and it's and it's considered a best practice, and even in in Sellex and our tool and other tools, people are going to talk about this. So you may think like, oh, I have to do this. If I'm not doing this, I'm doing it wrong. But not everyone has to use keyword harvesting, uh, especially not everyone has to do it through automation. Yes, you should look through your search term report, but it's not—it's not that if you're not doing it, you're absolutely doing something wrong. So, an example of a time when perhaps you don't really need to rely on it too much is if you have a really good idea about what your keywords are, and maybe you've already done this. Maybe you've already seen. Okay, these are how people are searching for me. I have a really nice idea of what my keywords are. The search trends don't really change too much. Uh, I feel pretty solid that I don't need to actively keyword harvest or automate that daily.
0: Absolutely, and like one of the, I remember like one of my clients that uh, that came on in the past couple of months is one of the oldest brand that does wallpaper uh and when we go on the call they were asking specifically about keyword harvesting and asked them well are, how confident are you in your in your search term lists and it was like look we're very confident we've been selling online for 20 years we know how our products are searched it's also wallpaper it's not rocket science so we kind of know what what is the lingo there uh mm-hmm. so we we don't really, we know what we're confident in our keyword is like, okay, then you don't need to do keyword harvesting. Maybe you need a little bit of an automation that goes in, checks your ad waste all the time and removes the assertions that are not converting to kind of optimize, but you don't need Keyword harvesting. When another example of—they're not a client of mine—but if I think of like a novel product that came on Amazon and nobody knew how it was searched are fidget spinners. Fidget spinners were was one of those internet trends. A product that came out costed probably two cents to make, sold at like five bucks. People made millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars, selling f- uh, fidget spinners on Amazon. But the thing is, how does how do people search? for a fidget spinner if you're young maybe you are searching for fidget spinner maybe you don't know how to spell it but there is a thousand ways of spelling it there is a thousand ways of searching it and in that case it's like well you have something so novel in your hands you need to do keyword harvesting because you want to make sure that you're you learn about your how your search very early on so that Five years from now, like the wallpaper brand, you can say, look, I'm very confident in how I'm searched. I've done my research. Now, I don't need to spend extra money to do keyword harvesting. I can just go in with my manual campaigns because I know what my search terms are.
1: Yeah, and you'll still get a little benefit of that mining aspect because if you have broad match, you're going to get variations of search terms. So you're still getting some of that... the. Uh, the, the basis of what we're trying to say when it comes to mining for new keywords. And I would say with the wallpaper example, you can also just have an auto campaign running in the background, as I call it $5 a day, just out there kind of finding those new searches. And one example of why that is one of my favorite tips is to always kind of have an auto campaign running. You don't have to give it very much, very much budget and you still would wanna automate it so that it has a good ACoS. But if there are changes in search trends that you wouldn't anticipate, the auto campaign should help pick that up. So one of the best examples is colors and how we search for colors. So two years ago, nobody would have searched for millennial pink because that really wasn't the color that people would even know to search for, but now someone might actually search for a millennial pink comforter on Amazon, and you wouldn't have been able to capture that traffic if you just had pink, maybe, as an exact match. Uh, You know, pink comforter as an exact match. So that's the point of what you're trying to, to pick up on when it comes to how people are searching.
0: Right. And I think that like one of the things that uh, I feel that I should kind of shed a little bit more light on because I brought it up and now it's kind of out there in the air is this idea of keyword harvesting is expensive, right? Keyword, why is keyword harvesting expensive? Let's, let's go back to our bread and butter PPC episode where we said what PPC is, is pay-per-click. Right, So you pay for every click that happens. The more campaigns you have, the more a keyword harvesting process kind of forces a keyword to be tested multiple times throughout multiple campaigns, meaning, you are forcing the keyword before it goes to the most efficient campaign, which should be the manual exact, it has to go through an auto, it has to go through a broad, it has to go through a phrase. So basically you're forcing the search term to get a number of clicks before making a decision if you're doing this, whether you're doing this automatically or manually, but because the longer you wait, the longer, the more you test in, the more campaigns you test something, the more you're gonna pay at the end of the day because you are getting more clicks, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, uh, because you're essentially, it's kind of a funnel. Whenever we think of anything with PPC and marketing, you're always kind of thinking of a funnel. And there's lots of different ways that we talk about this. We talk about casting a wide net. We talk about about awareness, all the impressions, all these different things. But the more you test and the more you, you cast that wide net, that all costs money right? So this can be kind of expensive if you want a keyword harvest because it takes time to find those keywords.
0: Exactly. And that, you know, time, if you think of time as in our reality, as the fourth dimension uh, on Amazon, the fourth dimension is clicks because time on Amazon is measured by clicks. So think about it that way, that the more time is the more clicks. And so the more you pay because it's pay-per-clicks.
1: That's totally true, Tommaso. I never thought of that.
0: (laughs) It's uh, my physics background coming handy in PPC advertising.
1: So uh, Tommaso, I have a question that's a little controversial. Uh, Sure. There's a lot of uh, concepts out there when it comes to what the purpose of harvesting is, what you're trying to do, what the best practice is. And... Some people would say that we should, once you find that keyword in the source campaign, we'd call it, so whether that's an auto campaign or even your broad campaign, that you should negate it and then harvest it or promote it into the next campaign that you have. So whether that's an auto to manual exact. Yeah. Or I should say, whether that's an auto to manual broad and then to manual exact, you should be negating it in the source campaign each time so that you've now funneled speaking of others, right. all of the most relevant keywords into this one ad group or campaign.
0: Wait, since we're getting a little technical, let me throw an example in there. And also, if you look at the description of this episode, I will add a video simulation of what keyword harvesting looks like. Uh, so make sure to check that video out because it really shows you with a visualization what, uh, what happens to search terms as they're moved around in campaigns. But with, with this example, with this idea of should you negate at the source, should you not negate at the source. Let's, let's say that we are running an auto-to-broad, very simple uh, keyword harvesting process. The auto campaign picks up, you're selling a basketball, uh, a men's basketball, it picks up the term, the term uh, NBA basketball it gets a bunch of clicks and it also converts very well. So it's obviously a high conversion search term and from the auto, because it it was brought up, it was not in your list and it's successful, you wanna move it to your manual broad. Now the question is, are we moving it to the manual broad in the sense that it's not going to be in the auto anymore and it's only going to be in the manual broad, or are we going to keep it in both campaigns and we're just duplicating it across? This is the idea of negating it at the source or not.
1: Yeah. So do we want do we want it to exist in one place, or can we? Are we okay with it existing in multiple places and multiple campaigns? And you should know that uh, if it's the same account, so you have an account on Amazon, so if it's your vendor central or your seller central, that's your advertising account. Amazon is very clear that you are not competing against yourself when it comes to these duplicate keywords. So if you have one campaign and a keyword exists in that campaign, you are not going to increase your bids because you have that same keyword in a different campaign. That's just fact. So don't worry about that. But strategically strategically speaking... Does it make sense that you technically want to have the same keyword in multiple ad groups, potentially against different products, potentially with different performance metrics? And I would say yes and no.
0: <laughs> well, you're saying yes and no, Courtney, but I know that deep down you have a strong preference for one of the two. So <laughs> why don't we come out of the closet on this one and tell us what is your actual preference? Do you negate the source or not?
1: So I don't... I don't think we should negate at the source based on uh, match type alone. Now I do believe in funneling traffic so that we have like brand versus, versus category or your competitor. Those should be negatives right. and they should be funneled into different campaigns. But when it comes to keywords and search terms, I think they should live freely in each ad group as, as they should.
0: Right. And so you're you're basically saying the search term NBA basketball would coexist in the auto and the manual broad and in the manual broad campaign if it converts in the auto campaign. Yep. And I I agree with you uh, 85% I would say. <laughs> uh, I, the reason why I agree with you is that I've done a little bit of research on the topic and it turns out that even if you have the exact same match type so let's say you are targeting nba basketball in your auto campaign as broad and you are targeting uh, nba basketball as broad in your manual broad campaign because each campaign is unique you don't know where that campaign was exactly placing your ad so in a way you can say that if you're if a search term converting the auto campaign you don't have absolute certainty that it will converse just as well in the manual campaign now from experience i can and say that usually it does it converts even better but because they are unique there is an advantage in keeping it in both because ultimately even if it's the same match type it's the same search term because they're different campaigns they're always going to be exactly different ads
1: yeah and back to the idea that they might convert better in a manual well that's okay because then we have great performance in this manual campaign and if the ACOS cost is good for the auto campaign, then it's a win-win. You're getting sales in both campaigns and performance is what you want. And if we're going back to the idea that you want to take up real estate on Amazon, here are different ways that you can be taking up more real estate based on these two different campaigns and how they perform and how Amazon chooses to serve your ad against that keyword.
0: Uh, absolutely. And just so that I can represent the team that prefers would prefer to negate at the source, let I me mean kind of explain what is a pro of negating at the source. Now we have talked about the four the Amazon's fourth dimension, that it's clicks or or time, and this idea that the more clicks, the more you pay. Budget is a reason why you probably could consider negating at the source. The more search terms that you have that Usually when we talk about keyword harvesting, I always promote the idea of trickling down budgets, meaning you start with these three campaigns and you split your budget a third, a third, a third at the beginning. Then as you have harvested search terms from the auto campaign and they have moved in your manual, brought in your manual exact you trickle down the budget from the auto campaign that you redistribute it in your manual campaigns until you reach kind of a, a split of 30% of your budget uh, or 20% of your budget in the auto and 70, 80 in your manuals. Now, if you don't negate at the source and you have search terms co-exist in all of these campaigns, you cannot really move your budgets from the auto to the manual campaign. The reason why I like moving budgets from auto to manual campaigns is that usually manual campaigns are more efficient, more if, yeah, just more efficient campaigns, and that's where you want most of your budget so that you can get a better ACOS. So, if you are concerned about budget, if you're concerned about profitability and, and margins, then I like the idea of negating at the source and trickling down budgets towards your manual campaigns. But in an ideal world, if you want to do everything right at the kind of get maximize your awareness and maximize the, the utilization of your campaigns, then I think you're 100% right, Courtney. Let's not negate the source and let it coexist everywhere.
1: Yeah. And if you're worried about budgets, even if you do a coexisting strategy, uh, you can always just lower your budgets. So you can still pace towards your monthly budget that you want. You'll just run out of budget before the end of the day. That happens all the time anyway. And you could always prioritize any of the campaigns that might have a higher A cost and not give them the full budget. Meanwhile, you let anything that has a really low A cost or at least close to your goal, You can fully fund those so there's other ways that you can achieve what you want budget through budget if you do the coexisting strategy anyway
0: yeah and look we do realize this is a complicated topic so make sure that you check the resources below for additional information our video about keyword harvesting uh and of course if you have any questions since it is kind of complicated you can always email us at defywill at with any questions that you may have episode requests or you can also send us a voicemail uh through anchor we are here to listen uh we're gonna respond at the same time please leave us a comment follow us to get updates on new episodes and otherwise we will see you next week with a new episode of the will thank you so much for tuning in and have a great day <laughs>